0: And welcome to Season 2 of Square Waves FM.
1: Yay! Happy New Year!
0: Hope you guys all had a nice uh, vacation and a nice uh, couple of weeks without listening to us yammer. Yeah. And now we're back, and you can listen to us yammer some more.
1: Ha uh-huh.
0: So today is our attempt at a, new for- a slightly new format, which is to say we're going to keep it shorter.
1: Yeah, we're going to zip our damn lips and shut our damn yaps and all that kind of stuff. We're going to do our very, very best to keep it under two hours per episode, <laughs> henceforth. I... I think it'll probably be even shorter today, but, uh, yes, Kimmy, (laughs) all that stuff.
0: So we're not going to discuss any particular topic today. This is just our, uh, this is, we're going to be treating this as our catch-up show. So uh, we're just going to discuss games that we played recently and give you an idea of what's good and what sucks.
1: Yeah. We think what we might do is, uh, every other show we will have a topic and, uh, a guest perhaps, and, uh, the odd numbered shows, we will just kind of catch up on news and tech talk and general dorkery and that kind of stuff. The stuff um, that we usually squeeze... Don't you squeeze. Mean
0: even episodes since this is episode 46?
1: <sighs> Bite me. <laughs> um, I do that plenty. Yes, you do. So, yeah. So the stuff that we usually do at the beginning of each show, the pre-show as we call it. We're going to turn, turn the pre-show into a show.
0: Yeah. I should save uh, some time, so...
1: should save you some time.
0: <laughs> so... Welcome back, and hope you guys enjoy enjoy season two.
1: Yeah. So glad to have you back. Love you guys. All right. Um, so, yeah, we do hope everybody had a happy new year and a good holiday and all that kind of stuff. I hope you guys got to benefit from a little bit of time off. If not, uh, that's just how it goes sometimes. We, uh, we We got a couple of weeks off for vacation, but... We spoke to many people who had to work over the holidays or even like overtime and, and overnight and stuff like that. Uh, I have some coworkers at work who uh, had to do lots and lots of overtime just because that's the downtime between uh, semesters at the college where I work. So uh, hats off to those hardworking fellows and uh, hope, everybody, hope everybody's doing well. Mm-hmm. It feels weird to, uh, after two weeks off, and I guess, is this two weeks off from the, yeah, we've had two yes. weeks break from the, Podcast. Yeah, so a so, little bit weird to open my mouth again.
0: You have two weeks off from the podcast and two weeks off from work for you, so I'll be happy to see your uh, ass it waddles out the door on Monday
1: morning. Oh yes, I'll do. A, I'll do a, a particularly uh, wobbly waddle for you. <laughs> hey, um, okay. What do we have in our damn notes? This feels like such an alien thing to me right yeah. now. Podcasting. So
0: this is just a pre-show.
1: How about um, pre-show? Yeah, or pre-show pre-show. <laughs> I, think I, I think I put all the notes under pre-show this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So, don't, um, so, I
0: think... Normally, we don't make New Year's resolutions, but I think we decided to, you know, make a flimsy attempt at it.
1: Yeah. Well, what do you... What's your flimsy attempt at a New Year's resolution, dear?
0: Well, last... So, back in December, you signed us up for uh, the Google... The uh, Family Plant on Google Music. Yes, I did. And I des- and I decided that I will make more of an effort to use it So there is such... An extensive library on there, rather than just relying on my, the same old crap. I know. I'm pretty sure you're tired of uh, caterwauling and bagpipes.
1: Are we gonna? You really gonna introduce yourself to much more than that on with an unlimited amount of those things? Hey,
0: I listened to uh, the Star Wars soundtrack from the uh, Force Awakens.
1: Oh, that you did. That was a nice soundtrack too.
0: Yes, I quite enjoyed the, mu- the music. The co- production quality of the movie was, was pretty was good. Yeah. I didn't care much for the story, not that it was much of a story. It was just a bunch of people blowing the shit out of each other.
1: Yeah, for the most part, I suppose. I had a good time with that movie anyway. But the soundtrack is good. It's one of those soundtracks where when you listen to it after the fact... You can kind of tell like moment by moment what sort of an emotion or action that yeah. soundtrack, like that part of the soundtrack is conveying. There's like the yeah. quiet parts. There's a the sudden turn of events and stuff like that. So each well, song has a few different turns. The like artist,
0: too, the composer is John Williams. And, oh, uh, he, still, huh? Yeah. yeah it's his, and it's, he really has a signature uh, mark in his music, kind of like how Jeremy Saul has his signature mark for fantasy music.
1: Yeah, that's very true
0: like the big crescendo especially with the imperial march that occurs every time there's a big event and there's something big
1: explodes yeah right there's the motifs for the different characters and stuff mm-hmm. like that but it, it does very much sound like a star wars soundtrack doesn't it yeah i think they're probably all on google music and spotify yes and that they kind are of stuff yeah, i noticed
0: so. the other ones were on there all the yeah, other six but this is the only one that i chose to listen to because we needed cause we were because it was my turn to pick some music and i was tired of uh your pots, pans, and the occasional flicking uh, of utensils.
1: Oh, I've had plenty of uh, thanks to Google Music. I've had plenty of uh, diverse new interests as well. Mm-hmm. But while you're talking about the Star Wars soundtrack, by the way, I want to say that I appreciate when uh, when you have science fiction, especially space kind of stuff. I appreciate when the soundtrack is either orchestral or something a little like a little less timely. Something that's kind of timeless about it. Yeah. For I'm- instance, I recently watched a trailer for Star Citizen, which is a game I'm super excited about by... Uh,
0: oh, yeah, and you backed it, too. That's I-
1: right. By, by the game by Chris Roberts and Cloud Imperium Games. Um, they and their trailer put friggin' dubstep. Yeah. Which, like, whatever. But that's going to make it seem very dated very quickly, it seems to me. You don't want it to sound like... Like I, I uh one of my favorite movies as a kid was the Transformers movie which is an awesome fantastic movie but it's like a it has space sci-fi kind of themes to it and they have this like 80s hair metal kind of soundtrack mm-hmm. uh which makes it seem really dated and at the time it seemed all futuristic and fantastic but it got dated very quickly but
0: contrast that against something like the soundtrack from Sleeping Beauty yes they have they have the uh they have like vocalized music, but it kind of has—it's kind of waltzy. Yeah, so it has a timeless, cl- timeless feel to it too.
1: Well, this the it has a specific time, and the it music and the music specific, is of that time.
0: Yes, the music is of that time, but at the same time, if you listen to the purely instrumental versions, it uh, seem it has a really nice uh, quality that doesn't uh, put it into a specific period and make it feel dated.
1: That's true. It's like movie stage kind of music, mm-hmm. orchestral sort of stuff. So, uh, props to Star Wars, anyway, for having their newest soundtrack sound exactly like the other ones in the best possible ways. hmm And uh, I guess
0: we should mention that we also saw it with uh, Joe from Upper Memory Block. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. And his his... Uh, and his wife. Yeah, lovely wife, Fran. Yeah, who, we had such with uh, nice them. Yeah, who was, it was nice to meet both of them. Oh, so nice. Yeah, my first time meeting Joe, and I know that Brian's mm-hmm. met up with him plenty of times in the past.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a pleasure to hang out with Joe, and it, we, we all got along so quickly and so well. Fast friends kind of a thing, so mm-hmm. that was uh, that was a really nice experience. I almost felt like a grown-up dinner and movie with another uh, couple. Oh, I know. like heck? I know. Someday I'll feel like a grown-up. By the time my, my bones are rotting in a hole, <laughs> I'll start to feel like a grown-up, I guess. That was a yeah, great time.
0: We adulted our way through that evening. <laughs>
1: We sure did, actually. We saw the Star Wars. I, I had no intention of seeing Star Wars really at all, but so many people whose opinions I trust, many of you listeners, uh, said very positive things about it. So I figured, what the heck? And I ended up enjoying it very much. And I we saw it in good company, too. Joe is like mm-hmm. a phenomenal uh, Star Wars encyclopedia. Um, I have downloaded, and next week when I'm commuting again to work, plan to listen to his Star Wars Stacks episode. Uh, of his podcast uh, with uh, a couple of friends. Um, they discussed the movie after having seen it on opening day or maybe a couple of days after. I don't know. I think it was. Uh, I think it was immediately after seeing it when they podcasted about it. So looking forward to that. And it was, uh, we saw the movie in uh, VIP theater, which costs a few bucks more, but you get these great big cushy seats.
0: Oh, and they reclined, too.
1: They reclined and everything. And there
0: no children. There's no children. And basically, anyone who's in there is guaranteed, be, guaranteed to be 19 years or more. Maybe. Yeah, that's
1: right. It's 19 plus. Isn't it or 18 plus? Something no, like that. It is 19 plus, plus cause because they serve, they serve alcohol. alcohol. That's right. And we took advantage of that. We had uh, glasses of wine delivered to our seats <laughs> by a server. How cool is that? Yeah. That was pretty nice.
0: No, I don't think the uh, server was much of a connoisseur or anything like that. He didn't. clearly he didn't know uh, wine from water.
1: Yeah, well, neither do I, to be fair. But we, Yeah, four of us ordered four different glasses of wine, and the guy who brought the wine didn't know whose was whose. And for all I know, <laughs> I, I got the wrong person's wine, but I sure as hell wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It uh, lubricated us <laughs> for the, the movie ahead of us. And then we went out for Vietnamese food afterwards. And uh, Joe did a pretty good job of wrapping those rice paper mm-hmm. sticky things that I just turned into a great big gumball.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have. To, yeah, he did a good job actually. Oh, it was actually almost as good as uh, what I've done. One more round, and he'd be just <laughs> he'd be better than me.
1: Yeah, you are very good at rolling those rice paper tortilla things. Yeah, what are they called? Rice paper wraps. Wraps. Thank you. You're good yeah. at wrapping a wrap.
0: Yeah, and I can wrap you in the back of the head. Meh. 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 But yeah, one more wrap, one more day, di- uh, one more time out for him to do that, and he'll be better than me.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to uh, hang out with them yep. uh, again sometime soon. Mm-hmm. They had uh, interest in food like we do, so we can have all these nerdy foody discussions. That was a good time.
0: Yeah, they have interest in food, and beyond just crappy, bland North American food too. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, so that was we we started off with your New Year's resolution. So go- use Google Music more. Is that uh, your only resolution for the year?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure I can I'll, uh, decide on, you know, stuff and other self-improvements, but that's my m- immediate resolution.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, me, I have a music-related resolution, too. I don't know if I'll go through with it, but I wanted to listen to all my albums that I own this year, which is hundreds of albums. I think it's, it's at least 500 albums, so I'll have to listen to at least an album a day or two. So we'll see how that goes. I usually listen to work to music at work every day, unless I get so uh, so busy with something that I forget that I'm not listening to music. I will do my best. I own a lot of garbage music.
0: So <laughs> oh, that, you poor
1: thing. That's gonna suck. It's not gonna be easy. Yeah,
0: I own garbage as well, but I don't think I own a quarter of the amount of garbage you own.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know if this is a smart resolution, especially right after subscribing to Google Play Music. I mean. Yeah. Why am I subscribing to this thing if I'm not going to listen to any other music for the rest of the week? Whatever. Um, just trying to pull something up on my phone here because my other resolution is that I want to continue with my weight loss, which has been going pretty well. Uh, do, 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 do I want to keep uh, exercising every day. Fuck you, you stupid app. I can't figure out. How much weight I lost with your stupid, smelly, crap wads.
0: Well, I I doubt you lost much weight over the last two weeks. I I doubt that as well as
1: a matter... Oh, I doubt that very much as a matter of fact.
0: I mean, I worked out... I did my workouts.
1: Yes, you did. To your credit, you did do your workouts. Well, I have lost... I've lost about 23 pounds or so in the past three months, which I'm very proud of, and I needed it too. So uh, let's keep doing that, shall we? I I still have a ways to go. I'm still uh, clinically obese, although I'm getting pretty close to the borderline of that definition. So I'm really, really encouraged by that. And Mm -hmm. for anyone else that's struggling with weight loss, my recommendation is to use an app that, if nothing else, lets you uh, record your weight at regular intervals, like weigh yourself, and put it in an app or in a spreadsheet or like an Excel or something like that. And then make a timeline, like a histogram, and just see your progress over time. Mm-hmm. Like weigh yourself a few times a week if you can and kind of take the average of that, if not per week, then per month even. Yeah. And just see how that's going. Because when you see a trend, you pr- when you go day to day, like sometimes you'll weigh yourself three times in three days and your weight will fluctuate by like three or four or five pounds. But when you kind of take the aggregates and look at it over time, it's much more encouraging.
0: Yep, and the easiest way to do it is to avoid any diet fads and just stick to the uh, food diet, which is to say, no junk food, and to follow and just to eat. But both at dinner and have food at breakfast, you've uh, effectively covered that one part of the uh, food guide that is uh, wholly neglected.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the the easiest step that we took in that direction was. To stop eating potato chips and popcorn with cheese and stuff yeah. like that. So just the junk food. Anything that comes in a bag yeah, like
0: that. Yeah, and, and uh, white bread. And so we've gone and uh, reduced and just reduced the portions so of the carbs on the plate but left everything else as
1: is. Yeah, that's right. There's something else we did too. Like we'll still go out for brunch, but instead of eating the toast and potatoes on the plate, I'll just choose one or the other or I'll have half of both of those. Mm-hmm. It goes a long way. It made it a lot easier. Plus having uh, Bianca getting so into cooking and making such good stuff. Oh, which, of course, uh, leads us into uh, talking about new toys that we've acquired. Yeah, new
0: toys.
1: So, Bianca has a toy that she got for Christmas from her dad with a Yay. little bit of a recommendation from yours truly because she was jealous of mine. What did you get?
0: I got a Pebble a Steel. Pebbles
1: no, I have My a Pebble Steel. Pe- you Pebbles. have a Pebble Time.
0: Time Pebble Steel.
1: Time Pebble Steel. Whatever. And
0: it's in color and it has a microphone, which means I can talk to my watch and make notations and make a note to remind myself that my husband's a stinky animal.
1: Note to self. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to watch.
0: (laughs) Which is actually, I've used it a few times to remind myself on a couple of things I wanted to pick up at a grocery store. Without having to deal with my with my phone, which sometimes doesn't like my voice for some reason, it just does. It thinks I've got a weird accent, and it just doesn't register what well, I'm saying you, correctly. You
1: are Canadian, eh? Oh fuck you!
0: But my watch doesn't seem to think I'm Canadian. It seems to think I'm a human being speaking English. Yeah, most well, intelligent.
1: Isn't that true of most Canadians, except for the intelligent part? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, it's, a shopping list is actually a great thing to have on your watch because. I uh, I should do that on my watch too, I guess, because I have a Pebble watch as well. Uh, I usually just do that on my phone, and sometimes it's tough to juggle the phone in the shopping cart and taking stuff off the shelf at the same time. And It sucks putting something in your pocket and taking it back out again. I may as well have that checklist on my watch. Yeah,
0: and there's a risk of dropping your phone too.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Whereas this, you just uh, you can push along or you can rest your elbows and just use your hands. It's, it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And the other toy we got, which can she which helped us with cooking is a an actual rice cooker.
1: Oh yeah. What's the what's the brand? I sound like such a I sound like such a gourmand saying the brand name for this thing. Where's our box? Those the box works. is by
0: the kitchen. Oh. By Essentially the kitchen. we got a um rice cooker made in Japan.
1: Zojirushi. Zojirushi. Zojirushi.
0: Yeah. Our thinking yeah. was We wanna avoid the North American ones because they tend to be one button solutions, good for making really only one thing, white rice. And we've been making I've been cooking with brown rice. So this is so this makes brown rice and it also doubles as a steamer and it can cook
1: other things as well. Like cakes. Which we're not gonna cook. Oh, come on. It has a whole button for cakes. You're telling me you're gonna not press the button?
0: Yes, I'm not gonna press the button. We're on a diet, remember? Shit.
1: Yeah, I did a bunch of research about rice makers and it said that if you eat white rice, then you're perfectly fine getting the cheapest rice cookers around just because the difference between a cheap and a mid-range rice cooker for white rice is negligible. But for brown rice, the cheap ones do a very poor job of it. Um, whereas the mid-range ones, or, which are about $130, 150 bucks or so, those do a really nice job. And I will definitely... Uh, I will definitely agree with that sentiment. I have uh, really, really liked the brown rice that's come out of this machine.
0: Yeah, this machine makes really nice brown rice. It doesn't require much input. You, The only thing you have to do is just be mindful that the uh, portions are correct. So if you're having two cups of water, you put in one cup of rice. So I've been doing one cup of rice with two cups of water and then, ha- then uh, having leftover rice for either making fried rice or serving later on as sashimi.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, let me, let me sound like a brainiac by talking about the, the fuzzy logic microcomputer in our, rice, in our rice cooker. That's probably a very fancy term for a very simple thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I read about fuzzy logic rice cookers is that instead of having a timer, it leaves it up to you to put in the correct quantities of rice and water, like in the right ratio. Um, it, the rice cooker then maintains the temperature at exactly 100 degrees Celsius, which is what, 2, 212?
0: Fahrenheit? I don't know, give or take a couple of degrees,
1: but sure. Yeah, so it keeps it, like, exactly at 100 degrees. And um, when the temperature internally suddenly spikes above 100 degrees, that's how the rice cooker knows that the last of the water has evaporated and uh, knows to turn the temperature down again to just go to warming mode. So after I cooked the rice, it uh, keeps it warm for up to 24 hours, which... I would probably recommend eating it a lot sooner than that so that it doesn't turn into mushy porridge. (laughs) But we've let it warm for about an hour or so, and it's been very, very good stuff. Really fluffy and nice. It really feels like restaurant-quality rice.
0: Yes, it does.
1: I love rice. (laughs) And it gave the brown rice such a nice kind of – I don't know what you call it. It was kind of like earthy, nutty.
0: Yeah, it allowed the brown rice to kind of popcorn out because it starts off in a husk or a shell. Kind of like how popcorn does, and so it kind of, and then it opens up that that kernel, or at least that the shell grain? and the rice, the grain. Yeah, and it get, that's how you get nice fluffy texture.
1: Yeah, that's right. And also, you're supposed to wash your rice. So with white rice, it's a lot more important. Uh, what you're think, what you're supposed to do is put the rice in a big uh, like a cooking bowl and fill it with water, and the water will get all cloudy, and you wash out the water and and fill, and strain the rice to keep it, of course. And then you wash your white rice like three or four or five times until the water is clear, and then it's ready to put into the rice cooker or to cook it yourself. And that makes the texture nicer and the taste cleaner. With uh, brown rice, you just have to wash it like once or twice. It doesn't have the same starchiness.
0: Yeah, but as, I washed uh, mine. I washed mine three times just to be thorough.
1: Okay, that's good. Yeah, it just kind of takes off any pesticides or dirt or and, or poops or whatever.
0: Yeah, and any uh, unnecessary and just clean the outer shell so it's a smoother. Uh, so it's smoother in general. I just use a small strainer when I'm draining, just to make sure that I don't drop any in the any rice in the uh, sink. But otherwise, the strainer is just is not really it's not entirely necessary since you're not pouring it out entirely. You're just trying to drain out the water, but not the rice.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's been a fun toy. It also steams vegetables, and Bianca tried once to put some uh, lemon juice into the water. And the ratios are a little bit different because uh, she turned the rice into this, like, pucker-intensive uh, poison. No, I put <laughs> Oh, rice. that's when you put lemon everywhere.
0: I not lemon. It was fine. I used rice vinegar after the fact on the rice that was smoked.
1: Oh, well, whatever it did, it made me pucker more <laughs> than, like, a, a cat smelling a lemon. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> so you know, that was only your very first batch. Not, and I don't blame you. That was the first batch you ever made, and you seasoned it similarly, I guess, to uh, how you would have made it in a pot. Yeah. So no sweat. I I, I like it enough unseasoned myself, but yeah. I like more subtle flavors than you in general. Anyway, let's stop talking about rice, shall we? Yeah. Um, steam sale. Ugh, we got so many games. Well, well, first of all, why don't we talk about our vacation in general? Yeah. We did very little on this vacation. Oh, one thing I will say right up front, one thing I did not do this vacation was to live up to my promise to trolls. Hi trolls, to remix one of his songs from his very, very good Wasted talent. Album. Oh no,
0: woe is me. I didn't have to sit through some ramaging.
1: Ramaging. Um Wasted Talent. See, that he calls his fantastic album Wasted Talent, and here I am not remixing his song. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna just take the name of that album and apply it to myself because I can write music, I just didn't. I had a very selfish, slothful, lazy vacation. I guess I needed it. I don't really regret not having any more ambitious plans to do something with myself this vacation. I feel rested and happy, and I'm glad that I had these two weeks of like utter gluttonous, self-centered narcissism <laughs> behind me. That was a real good time. So, shit, trolls, I, I owe you. I'm gonna do this. I just didn't do it over my vacation, but I will do this, and I do owe you. Um, what else did we do on our vacation? We did very little. We ate a bunch. We ate out in, at restaurants a bunch. We had to spend a bunch of gift certificates for the friggin' pickle barrel.
0: Which your parents generally get, generously gave us. We uh Very had one hundred and fifty dollars nice. worth of gift certificates from there. One twenty. One twenty. Sorry, but yeah, they they gave a base of a hundred dollars, and then because they they bought two fifty dollars gift certificates, they had gotten bonus coupons, and then they gave us the coupons to keep them for themselves. Yeah,
1: that was awfully nice of them. Yes, it was. And they gave us some. Uh, they gave us a bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, they gave us uh, money, which we put into our vacation fund. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they gave us a bunch of uh, gift cards for for the gas station, so.
1: Oh, and we signed up for uh, beginner Japanese lessons, by the way, in preparation for our vacation to Japan mm-hmm. in a couple of years, hopefully. We'll be done saving up for that. That's going very well so far. We're right on track. Mm-hmm. Very well on track. To celebrate our 10th anniversary, if not in Japan, then with the knowledge of going to Japan soon. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So we want to get there prepared, so we're we're hoping to take – several Japanese language lessons just so that we can integrate a little bit better and make the most of our time there.
0: Yep. And mostly to be respectful since we're going, since we're English language speakers going to a country where English is not the first language, even if they do speak some English in Tokyo as it's a, a major tourist center.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So we want to be able to function. Well, we want to impress people in Tokyo and that's a good place for us to start speaking Japanese just to test to see how well we're doing. But yeah. Then, if we want to go to uh, Kyoto or to Osaka or to the country or something like that where they, people are less likely much less likely to speak any English or any language at all other than Japanese, then that'll be a, 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 it'll be good for us to have those skills. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern is being able to read science. and it seems like well we ordered a textbook, uh, Japanese for busy people, the uh, Kana version, katakana. So that is the actual Japanese script, or one kind of Japanese script. So we have to friggin' read that shit.
0: Yep. It's
1: it looks like a it looks like an, a chicken spilled over an inkwell and started walking around on a page. So I don't know how you read that stuff. It looks very difficult. Supposedly, Japanese is one of the most difficult languages to learn if English is your first language.
0: <laughs> but it ah. should be easier for people who have learned another language usually unilingual or monolinguals have difficulty with their first language unless they were brought up early on in a, in a second language
1: yeah that's true so i, I studied french and i studied hebrew mm-hmm. i remember a lot more french than hebrew that's for sure you don't <laughs> practice hebrew a lot and no you just uh North
0: America. you just you just Recite from memories some uh, random prayer that uh, the rabbi makes you uh, memorize. Well, in
1: North America, yeah, that's pretty much your only opportunity, assuming you are you are uh, an ethical person who attends services and all that baloney. I don't think
0: anyone. I don't. Your family doesn't
1: either. Uh, well, they go for holidays. I don't. I don't do any of that shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, my family fortunately didn't do any of that uh, Catholic stuff.
1: Oh, and do they speak in Latin during that stuff?
0: Uh yes. If Sometimes if they might, I know my dad. I know, I know his generation was taught was taught Latin, and some and some there is some Latin that is taught since it is the classic language, and it's uh, used by scholars. Anyway, people are welcome to correct me if I'm wrong about that.
1: No, they're not. No <laughs> more corrections, people. We're always right, and if you think otherwise, then you can go sit on a retractable baton of some sort. <laughs> um. Uh,
0: so. What have we? So now that we've mentioned the Steam sale,
1: oh right, Steam sale. It's on for another two days. We spent plenty of money on this thing, didn't we?
0: Oh, I, I don't even know when I, I got so much stuff.
1: I had a gift certificate that I got for fifty dollars on my birthday in September, and I had two. I had a, a third of it left by the end, by the beginning of the Steam sale because I couldn't find anything to buy. Now I have five dollars of it left. I bought a few things here and there. I returned a few things. I bought some more things. I got threatened by Steam for returning so many things.
0: Even though their policy is...
1: Oh, what dickholes. I know.
0: And their policy... And one of the options when returning is did not like it.
1: Yeah. So they sent me... I've bought and returned a bunch of stuff on Steam because why not? And I've gotten two warnings from Steam saying I'm returning too many things, even though their policy doesn't say anything. It says you can't abuse the return policy without defining what abuse is. And... I took that to mean that you can't finish a game and then return it. I would never do that. What I do is I try a game. If I don't like it, I return it. Like, why not? That's how every other store in the world is, right? Yeah. So uh, the latest threat that I got from Steam was that the return policy is not intended for you to try before you buy or something like that. And yet one of the reasons for returning a game is it wasn't fun. So whatever that that takes me off and I, I,
0: yeah if they if they if they really care, they would put up demo stuff for everything, and then then people use a demo.
1: yeah, I liked the the uh, big fish games model, which was you can play any of their games for an hour, and after that you have to buy it
0: mm-hmm. of course, the only problem is there are a bunch a lot of games on theme that are only one hour long
1: or less so. yeah, of course, so even if I didn't like a game that I finished, I would never return it. you don't do that
0: yeah, that's just scummy yeah. I mean, I've returned games too that I didn't like. Or we've returned games because they were, there was fault advertising involved. For example, we wanted to return uh, a game because we thought it was because the uh, it originally advertised multiplayer, but the multiplayer function didn't work.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. They've started to get better about that at least. Yeah. So the majority of our activities over this vacation were playing games. Mm hmm. Uh, some of them were new games that we bought. Some of them are, are old games that we enjoy. So why don't we go through our list and talk about these?
0: Okay. Uh, I'd seem that I uh, forgot to put a bunch of stuff down. On
1: yeah. It. You and I both, I have been so, I have been so, uh, uh, lax on, uh, focusing on my responsibilities like the podcast and stuff. My notes are really shabby, whatever. We'll get back into it when I turn my brain back on for work next mm-hmm. week. Well, well, why don't we alternate?
0: Okay. You go first.
1: Then. I go first. Okay. Oh, I, uh, this is, I'll start with a game that I, uh, played before my vacation, but we had such a nice chat with Joe on the last episode that I didn't, we never got around to talking about what we played. So, um, one game that is perennially on sale that, uh, I bought for five bucks and, uh, didn't even get that much enjoyment out of it, I think, was the, not the original, I'm sorry, the rebooted Tomb Raider, the game that is just called Tomb Raider, but not the first Tomb Raider, the other Tomb Raider called Tomb Raider. Um... I hated this game. I hated it so much. It is a rare treat that I hate a game at all, but I hated this game. I played for about two hours, and it's Tomb Raider. I was expecting you jump on stuff, and you press buttons, and you pull levers, and you have to race under rapidly closing doors, like and you fight Tyrannosauruses with pistols and stuff like that. It's frigging Tomb Raider, right? Yeah. I haven't really played a Tomb Raider since Tomb Raider 1, so I figured how bad... How much could the series have changed? Well, it's basically Far Cry. They turn for, it's an Ubisoft game, of course, so they turn every fucking game into Far Cry. It's a whole open world and clear dots off the map. It's not real yeah, it is open world, isn't it? It's like a a series of smallish open areas that are tied together by like hallways that you can traverse anytime to revisit. So it is a big open map. Beep beep. Beep, beep. (laughs) So, essentially, what you do in Tomb Raider is uh, you do some quick time events. If you fail the quick time events, then you have the treat of watching the cutscene all over again. Ugh, that sucks. That's the worst. Um,
0: And it's not unskippable?
1: It is not skippable. You are double negative just to me for a loop. It is unskippable, yes.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: It Uh. is idiotic. So, you... um, you run around and climb on shit to get, like, hidden, hidden caches and hidden, hidden collectibles and shit like that, like an arcade game from the 1980s. You craft and collect crafting materials. You can open crates, uh, kill animals and harvest their bodies, or pick herbs. And doing any of those three activities gives you the same crafting material, whatever it's called. That's so stupid. you can, yeah, you can use, like, plants or bones interchangeably as the exact same thing.
0: Well,
1: so but what? but then what's the point of
0: being able to h- pick different kinds of materials? Because it's a
1: time waster. That's all it is. It's just padding. So, and you, you I, I shot a bunch of animals. <laughs> and uh, you, I don't know, it's very stupid. There's, like, clusters of glowing bows and arrows, of, of glowing, glowing arrows all over the place like three feet apart from each other all litter all over the landscape it's just an idiotic totally dumbed down very console kind of a game so i gave it about two hours i was determined because like the graphics are amazing um and the script seems okay like the dialogue seems like it's written okay i was kind of interested in the story um the first like 45 minutes is just lara croft getting the shit beaten out of her getting like stabbed and falling on things and and like beaten up and she's like exclaiming in pain Ah, constantly ah. that's exactly the first 45 minutes you feel free to do that for the whole 45 minutes while i talk about how much i hate this game (laughs) i hate this game um so i gave up in the end at some quick time event that i couldn't pass like as is the case when you play a game on pc a console port on pc Sometimes it gives you uh, controls on screen in the tutorials for the keyboard, and sometimes it gives them to you for the gamepad. And I think worst of all, it says, like, press the chop button, and it doesn't tell you what button on your gamepad or keyboard is the chop button. So I think that was the case. I just couldn't figure out what button to press. I was pressing a button at the right time, but I wasn't pressing the correct button at the right time. And after seeing the same cutscene and seeing Laura get punched in the face... Like nine times in a row I just said fuck this and even though the game was like it was huge. The game was I don't know like 30 gigabytes or something. I just couldn't care less. I uninstalled it on the spot. So fuck Tomb Raider and fuck Ubisoft. Even though I bought another Ubisoft game that's exactly the same thing and I feel dirty. (laughs) But before I talk about that you go ahead and uh, talk about your stuff.
0: Okay so I never really cared that much about visual novels. Uh, mainly, mainly because there weren't It was just, no, it was just a story without much to it.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised, seeing as how you enjoy anime and manga and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so I found something on sale. And I'm going to say this right now. This is not a horror game. Despite its name, it's not a horror game. Amnesia
1: Memories. The stupidest (laughs) name imaginable. (laughs) It is impossible to come up with a stupider name than that. Say it again so I can call it stupid. Amnesia memories. Stupid. Amnesia descent. Well, that's like two different things that are not the opposite of each other. Amnesia memories. Those two cancel each other out. So this is actually the name of the game. Amnesia memories. just nothing. Just nothing. Fuck. It's like Hungry Full. The meal. They serve you nothing. Fuck. Anyway... It's stupid, okay.
0: The name itself is stupid. But the game has 20 plus endings. It has four good endings, nine bad endings, four
1: neutral endings. Yeah, how much time do you have put into this visual novel Um, so far? It's very impressive what the content is.
0: Let's see. I have 11 hours so far. And I haven't even started on the fourth world yet. And I think there's actually five worlds. That's
1: amazing. 11 hours. Like It takes less time to read a novel. So that's a lot of content.
0: This one has a lot of choice. And there's no rewind button, which is which is common in most visual novels. This one is: you make a choice, you're fucking stuck with your choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, it's basically eye candy for uh, and for female attackers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like you get to stare at the night at the rather androgynous male figures. You know they're they're men, but they clear but they have that kind of wispy waif like quality.
1: <laughs> yeah, the hairless variety. The yeah. hairless breed, yeah. Well, the animation is really nice. It's all fully nice. voiced in it's, Japanese, yeah, which is very nice. Yeah, fully cool.
0: voiced, well translated. Like, it's localized very nicely. Yeah, it seemed to be. Very nice localization. You don't get hit with a wall of text. It's like nice big font in a uh, reasonable box. Excellent character expression. You really feel what the character is feeling. Um, and you get, and the thing is, when you there's four worlds that you can enter for after you uh, go through the basic introduction, and each world is uh, different. The only connecting factor here is the fact that uh, your character is suffering from amnesia, and not and and it's the result of having a collision course with a sprite who's on her on his way to Earth, and he accidentally crashes into you and takes out and uh, knocks out your long term memory. And so you make it causes you to forget this stuff. But he says, "Oh, I'll stay around and I'll help you get them back." And so uh, in each case, he's he's there with you to help you get it back. And uh, when you wake up, you have no idea what's happening. And in all four cases, there's your uh, delightfully androgynous male eye candy present for your for your viewing. <laughs>
1: So, you wake up, you don't know what's going on, but you know you're horny.
0: <laughs> well, you know the dude's horny. Oh. <laughs> but you're a girl. Oh. And what's interesting about this, and it's, I've noticed this in some new, in newer ritual novels, is it asks you what your character's name is. So, you name your character. And... After I named it the first time, played all the way through, and I went through this for the second uh, story and the third one, it uh, let, it said, oh, I noticed that you have a safe game, and that's the name you use. You want to continue using this name. I'm like, okay. So hmm. I, I've i entered the fourth one. I haven't started it yet. All I know is that I remember this one name, and the dude and my uh, androgynous male eye candy is standing right there waiting for me. <laughs> so I went with the name Rel. I'm going, I can't think of anything. Let's just enter three letters. Rel? Rel. R-E-L
1: Shrug <laughs> Okay
0: But yeah I got good endings Bad endings And happy endings
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> Well I'm glad you got so much enjoyment out of it anyway Oh
0: I'm, I'm going to go back and play it I just want to give myself a break Because it's a sit. Because Because I was tired of the stupid sprite talking
1: at me Hmm yeah, of course, there's some supernatural little dingus lady talking to you. It's a boy. Oh, that's a boy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> kind of a puckish guy.
0: Well, his name's Orion. Uh-huh. But yeah, I highly recommend it. I love this visual novel.
1: Oh, mm, that's really good.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, 11 hours. There's other, I mean, so I, far. <laughs> i played games that I love, and I don't even have 11 hours in those. Well, how many of the achievements
1: do you have? Like, None
0: hmm There's uh, 26 achievements. I and, have four. Wow.
1: After 11 hours, that's nuts. Yeah. So you got a lot to go. And mm-hmm. it's what? One achievement per ending, or are there other yeah. ones? Yeah,
0: uh, one achievement per ending. That's incredible. And then there's achievements for doing the mini-games, which are separate from the ah. actual game itself.
1: Oh, yeah. You were friggin' playing rock, paper, scissors.
0: <laughs> With my male eye candy. <laughs>
1: oh. Well, it's not exactly ear candy, because I hated hearing fucking... Whatever the hell they say in Japanese over and over and over,
0: followed,
1: followed by you swearing because
0: <laughs> the
1: RNG is not in your favor. Fuck. Are you done talking about this piece of shit?
0: <laughs> I suppose I am for now. And oh, wait, wait, wait,
1: what's it called again?
0: <laughs> Amnesia and
1: Memories. Oh, fuck, that's a bad name. Okay. Amnesia
0: Memories? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I never met a memory I forgot. <laughs> anyway, may I? Yeah, she may. Okay, I'm gonna. I'll mention one that uh, is on both of our lists. Okay. Hex Cells. Oh, I love so that
0: game. That's a good puzzle game.
1: Yeah, this was on sale just before the Steam sale. It was like a dollar or something. It was like three bucks for all three of these things.
0: Yeah, this was actually on sale during the Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sale.
1: Yeah, really, really good uh, puzzle game. It's like. Kind of halfway between, or it's like partway between like Minesweeper, Sudoku, and Tangram. No, uh, not Tangram. Picross. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, I think that's the same thing, Tangram and Picross. I don't know. Um, like Logic, Logic Puzzle sort of a, a, mm-hmm. a game. I liked it a lot. It was very, very engaging. The, there are three different games. I guess they get harder with each one, or they add new... Uh, Sorts of challenges. They add
0: new mechanics, which makes it challenging.
1: So the first one, I 100% did the whole game. The second one, I started struggling with a little bit. And the third one, I'm just a dumb dope. (laughs) Just like real life. Had a great time with those. I most certainly got my three bucks worth.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep, I 100% did the first game. I'm I'm still working on two
1: other games. Oh, right on. Yeah, great game. Hmm. Next.
0: Next. So... On the topic of visual novels, let's move on to something that I hadn't uh, i hadn't really considered until recently, Analog, a hate story. Mm-hmm. One of Christine loves uh, visual novels. I know Brian had uh, started playing The Path but never got any on it. I actually wound up quite enjoying it. It's an interesting mecha- – there's interesting mecha- uh, storytelling in this because you get – your AI that you're talking to and uh, you have to figure, and you have to get her up and working, of course, because you start off with like a, uh, a textual interface where you have to enter in a command to enable the AI.
1: Yeah, I like that, a command line command. Mm-hmm.
0: Once you enable it, you get the uh, the AI up. You then uh, have to uh, go through the files to find out what's happening. Your mission is actually, to, your, your specific mission is to find out what happened on this legacy ship and then and you find out by reading through these files and just and extracting them.
1: Oh, do you want to tell them what a legacy ship is?
0: A legacy or generation ship is a ship that, uh, in theory, this is in Star. You'll find this in Star Trek as well. Star Trek Voyager. There's a Klingon ship that's a legacy ship that was sent out. And essentially, a legacy ship is one that has the objective of establishing a colony, but is not a fast ship. So, it what so it happens. So, what happens is the. Uh, the, the people who start off on the journey know they're not going to make it to their destination and so they have children whose ultimate objective becomes to continue the journey of the ship. And so depending on how far how long the journey is, there may even be a second there may even be a third or fourth generation.
1: Mm, it's cool sci-fi stuff
0: mm-hmm. So in this one, um, the, the, the legacy ship has, has something has happened to it. Basically, it you no know, the uh, people have been the population's been wiped out, and your job as an investigator is to go recover the recover the files to find out what happened to the ship. And so the first thing that you do is you when you do W, you get an AI, uh, and uh, she's seems quite nice, helpful, and uh, is willing to help you, but can't really tell you much about what happened before year zero. Which is when it would year zero. Is actually not really the defi- is what is just it's when there's a break between the uh, previous administration on the generation ship and that uh, there was a re- there was a rebellion that caused Year Zero, which wiped out part of, which wiped out the old uh, administration and installed the dynasty, and then everything that happened until there was the uh, on ship genocide. So basically, your uh, your objective is to recover these memories, and eventually you unlock. One of the other cores, which unlocks the other AI, and hence the name a hate story, because both of these AIs hate each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I
0: won't really tell you much about what happens in this story, but a lot. But the uh, the information about what happens before year zero isn't actually present in this particular uh, story. If you want, what the informa- the uh, story about before year zero is actually in the uh, sequel, Hate Plus. Which is mm. the other one I, which is the other one I'm currently playing. I'm actually on my third playthrough, and this time I'm playing the harem version. <laughs> which is to say, I have both Mute and Hyunai as my uh, lovely sidekicks. Meow. <laughs> can, eh. Well,
1: you we have to get you to play some of our other games too, I guess. Once you're done with these ones.
0: Uh, you already had me play Digital A Love Story.
1: Oh yeah, how did you like that one? I love that game.
0: Oh, it was okay. I didn't. It was. Mm. I I never really did the BBS stuff so I didn't really uh care or get a, a lot of that so it didn't really do it for me. Mhm. But I did appreciate the uh the storytelling method of Analog and Hate Plus. Like the idea of uh, going through and extracting these files and uh, putting and putting the pieces together to figure out what happened.
1: Right, where the and main the main getting, gameplay is like getting logs, information logs. Yeah,
0: and then getting uh Supplementary information from the individual AIs who were who were there and have their own memories and uh, are able to fill in uh, the blanks of uh, who these people were and uh, information surrounding the events. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you play analog of hate story, consider playing its sequel as well, just for the uh, full story, because it because hate plus has the uh, inf- has all the story content for the event that occurred before year zero. Year Zero just means that it represents the start of a new dynasty.
1: Okay. Well, another one of her games that I played was called Don't Take It Personally, Babe. It's Not Your Story, something like that. <laughs> uh, she makes really crazy names. Her her, her next game is going to have like a, a three-sentence-long title.
0: What? Why?
1: Because it's ridiculous. I don't know. That's but, just, that's- so this game, Don't Take It Personally, Babe, it was, I think I got about 9 I, I'm guessing I got maybe 90% of the way through the game. I couldn't play it any, anymore because it was too sad, which is interesting. So it was really, it was really well done. It had um, you play a school teacher, and it's about you and your classmates and your relationship with them and their relationships with each other. So how and, many
0: dikes are in this
1: one? I'm sure there are some. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's this like social network, this Facebook, Twitter sort of a social network. Uh, within the school, and because you are a teacher who works for the school, you can look at all of the posts, even the private posts between students. I think I'm remembering that right, which is a really neat idea. So um, you learn more about the students and how to interact with them and what's going on on the inside and what they're saying to each other, what they're saying about you. Um, and I think there were a couple of choices, but it invariably ends in some sort of a tragedy. And I think it it is affected by choices that you've made, what exactly the tragedy is. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it was a really, really well done game. It's free of charge. I'll uh, make a note of this in the show notes uh, to put a link. Show notes. Uh.
0: Oh, cool! Can you link it to me as well? I'd like to try it.
1: You bet! Yeah, free game. Very well worth wa- worth uh, worth it. And with all of the
0: uh, and did you like and have you linked the digital uh, love story as well?
1: Oh, I have many times, but I'll put it in here again.
0: Yeah just because it's a good free one.
1: I yes, mean, I, wasn't,
0: I mean, I wasn't curious. I mean, like I said, I didn't get the point of it, and it wasn't one of my favorites, but I did play it all the way through. Yeah, good and for it you. Was, and it was well written.
1: Yeah, oh, well, good for you. So, like, one, one thread that runs across all of her games is that she loves computers.
0: That's and very obvious. I love I, that.
1: And, like, you as the player use a computer inside of these games as a primary means of interacting with the game world, and it's I love that. meta. <laughs> it is meta. I love that. I love that connection that you have. To the game itself,
0: yeah, yeah, and it, it just the interface itself is different, and your objectives are ultimately different.
1: Yeah. So, if you like computers and you like storytelling, I would recommend Christine loves games. Her first several games are free, and now she is a professional indie developer who makes her living writing these sorts of games. So, if you like her stuff, then uh, then uh, buy something.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely worth it.
1: Hmm. Uh, my turn.
0: I suppose you can have a turn.
1: Oh, I suppose. Okay. I will say qu- only quickly because I only played about 45 minutes of this so far, but uh, thanks a million to uh, Robert Menez for um, sending Bianca and I a copy of Shantae, RISKY's Revenge. He, uh, he talked about this when he was our guest on the show.
0: Yeah, he had played it on the DS.
1: He played it on the DS. I think it might have been on the Sega Saturn or something before then. Um... It's uh, like a two D scrolling platformer kind of a game with RPG elements and lots of uh, story. It and has
0: hair whipping.
1: And hair whipping, yes, that's your your primary weapon to start with. You like fling your hair at people. You oh. like yeah, you're this long haired girl, and you flip your hair at people, and that's how you attack them. Um, it has some of the most amazing sprite art I've ever seen. Really smooth animation. Really great colors and nice detailed faces and costumes and stuff Mm -hmm. this version of the game has high resolution portraits when you're in a conversation uh which are kind of superimposed on top of the sprites it's a beautiful game and the music is incredible um i did put 45 minutes or maybe an hour into the game and i got to get back into it still uh but i sure do appreciate we sure do appreciate that very generous gift so thank you very much my friend Yep. Thank you. Um, Let me take another one because that was quick. Yeah, of course. Um, Another one I'll mention is a game that I learned about on the Lost Treasures of Gaming podcast. Uh, I have to catch up on them, too, because they've mentioned, I forget what it is now, another game that I really like on there. But uh, they interviewed the creative director, I don't remember his name, um, for a game called Remember Me, which came out uh, just a few years ago but they call it a lost treasure because it sold okay, but not terrific. And it came out right around the time of a bunch of other really big games. So it sort of got lost in the chaos. Um, It's a a, a 3D platforming and combat game, a little more similar to the original Tomb Raider games than this rebooted Tomb Raider. Um, It's a sci-fi kind of a, Dystopian sci-fi thing where there's like two classes of people: the the big, the upper class and the underclass. We've all seen that kind of stuff before. Um, I don't remember a heck of a lot about the. Well, you you start off as a, a a woman with amnesia. Your memory has been partially erased, but not entirely.
0: You get a sexy boyfriend waiting for
1: you. You have a sexy boyfriend waiting for you. Well, you don't uh, know. I, <laughs> I forgot if it's your sexy boyfriend or your brother, but oh. I don't know. I'm sure sexy things happen regardless because you don't remember. <laughs> But um, you uh, break out of this place that's trying to erase your memory, and uh, you slowly get your memories back little by little, I guess, as you interact with the world and proceed through the story. Um, and it is a combat game, and it's like combo-based combat. What's sort of interesting and unique is that you, in a way, build your own combos, so you unlock individual moves, and those moves are mapped either to the X or Y button on your uh, on your Xbox gamepad. Um so the X button, as far as I've seen so far, the X button moves are like attack moves and the Y button moves are, uh, they heal you or they, uh, restore some of your energy or something like that. So you, or, or they do damage so you can customize your combos. You have like an X, X, X combo and an X, Y, X, Y, X combo. And I'm sure you'll learn some more as you get through the game. Um. But you can map different attacks to each of those button presses, and that will cause more damage or sacrifice some damage for restoring some of your uh, health or your energy. So that's sort of a neat thing. So you can focus on killing people more quickly or being them up more quickly or on having a longer fight where you uh, regenerate yourself over the course of the fight. So that's kind of neat. Graphics are really nice. The dialogue is pretty good so far. I would love to play it in the original French. Uh, It does take place in France, so there is some French here and there. I would love to play – you can play the whole game in, uh, I think, a few different languages. French is one of them. The voice acting is okay in French, but I just found it too hard to focus on the action and to read subtitles at the same time. Plus, there's, um, like, little barks and color commentary and stuff coming from other NPCs and the scenery and stuff that are not subtitled, so I only understand a little bit of French. And I missed some of that uh, extra detail when I had it in French. So I've been playing it in English. Uh, good game so far. I recommend it. It just flew under the radar. But uh, if you like 3D beat-em-up games with uh, platforming and puzzle solving and uh, other stuff like that, it's, uh, it's a, a good recommendation.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Uh, go for I'll it.
0: Take my turn. Yeah. Let's see. I'll just, I'll just use this opportunity to mention two more uh, visual novels that I played. Please. One is particularly unremarkable, aside from the fact that it had really nice uh, uh, background art and uh, and uh, good character uh, design. It's um, Shangui. It was a uh, Chinese uh, visual novel. It didn't have much of an, it didn't have options at all. It is a really old school type of uh, visual novel, but the story itself was charming. Um, when I played it, I kind of, I was underwhelmed by uh, the lack of options, but it was, uh, a good reminder of what you can expect if you're not, uh, mindful of the description of the visual novels that you're looking at, and that you really need to dig carefully if you're expecting a little more than just some hand-holding in a visual
1: novel. What's your opinion on that? How important is choice to you in a visual novel?
0: It gives you some control, and it gives you a chance, and it just it gives you... Hmm, what's the word I'm looking at? It gives you a sense of being able to control the direction that your uh, character is going in, because... Otherwise, it's just, you're just being hand-held. You might as well read a book without illustrations. Because the uh, choices uh, make it feel more like a game, or rather can, less like a kinetic novel.
1: Okay. That's fair uh, enough.
0: Yeah, that's why Amnesia Memories and Analog Hate Story are uh, better visual novels, because they have uh, interaction, and they have more than just uh, clicking on something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just clicking to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The other visual novel that I played, which actually did have uh, two endings, and it did have options as well as uh, a, hidden, uh, a, a hidden gem of a hidden gem that's expanded on one um, the uh, on a um, urban legend portrayed in this story, was the sky is always blue. It had a good ending and a bad ending, and what's interesting is you can either pick to be a male or a female in this game. The gender has no bearing on the end itself, but it does have bearing on whether on what achievement you get, because you get achievement for picking to playing as a girl and achievement for playing as a guy. And it does f- slightly affect how you're addressed, but not much, not but not to the degree that uh, you that it affects not but not to the degree that it happens in analog, a hate story and hate plus. Whereas if you pick either gender, you really see a difference in how you're treated, particularly with Mute. She treats you very differently, whether you're a man or a woman. If you're a woman, she treats you as an equal. If you're a man, she pretty, pretty much just crawls on her knees for you. Hmm. But yeah, The Sky is Always Blue has two endings. And they're very, very different, the endings. Yes, you know, you ultimately really get to the same place. But just what happens is very different and it just it was a nice ending cuz you're new to this place and this girl just happens to make you feel like a friend and brings you to all these places and your choice is whether you make her your friend or not Hmm. and it's just really charming and i like and the, and because it had the choices it really did make it that much charming for example you had one option was to get go to get a milkshake or to or say that you're lactose intolerant okay yeah. If you get the milkshake, then when you're there, she offers you um, a sip of her milkshake.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so you get an achievement for having tried hers as well. Mm. But if you're if she lactose intolerant, she says, oh, I would offer this to you, but you're lactose intolerant. Okay. Yeah. She's, she acts mindful of what you've said. Neat. Mm-hmm. So those are two games, both with more linear plots, but just having just the two different endings makes it a lot more interesting than just ha- just than just being hand held all the way to the end of a linear plot.
1: hmm Okay. Um I'm not gonna go through my whole list. Yeah. I will I will paste my whole list to the show notes, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not gonna mention them all here. Yeah. Mm-hmm, birds. Uh, what do I talk about? We spent a pretty good amount of time freaking
0: mm-hmm, birds. Oh you just mentioning stuff that we played together, because that's a few of them.
1: Yeah, we spent a pretty good amount of time playing Grim Dawn. Can you shut that bird up, please?
0: Go see your friend. Ugh, it's over there.
1: Okay. <laughs> Grim Dawn. Um, what's the name of the company that makes this? This was made by the company that used to be called Iron Lore. Who made um, Titan Quest, which is a, an action RPG, like Diablo-like, that we love. We played that a yeah. whole lot.
0: And Grim Dawn's pretty fun, too. I like this one. I don't, ha- I don't think I have as many hours as you, but I really do like it.
1: It's a better game than Titan Quest, and we played the hell out of Titan Quest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. I, I was trying very hard to kind of articulate and think about what elements have to be present for me to enjoy an action RPG. And I can't put my finger on it. I either like it or I don't. And it's either, like, sustainable in the long term or it's not. Like, I'll can, i either play it for a long time or I won't. I can't really say why. It's something having to do with whether the formula is correct. And these guys had it very good with Titan Quest, and they have it a lot better with Grim Dawn.
0: Could it be that uh, it has a... uh a good rate of leveling combined with the right difficulty for with enemies and uh, a good selection of skills that uh, are at
1: your disposal yeah that's part of it so you feel like you're always progressing it's always challenging it's always rewarding there's lots of gear that you get to put on and replace um you get to you start off general and you get to specialize you can uh, respect your points um and uh, there's a lot of variation. It's uh, just like Titan Quest, you choose a primary and a secondary class. And you can, if you want to, you can choose a secondary class. Yep. And you can put as many points as you want into one or the other or uh, or both.
0: And there's also a third one thing called Devotion, which has its own separate um, separate skill points, which increases uh, either your uh, damage damage, Oh, yeah, your offensibility, your defensibility, or something else.
1: Yeah, and it gives you passives every now and then, or or, or different uh, active uh, skills. So there's lots of different ways for uh, progression, and the scenery is good. I sort of like the scenery better in Titan Quest, actually, than Grim Dawn. But it's very attractive, and it's got a great interface. It's easy to interact with. Really, really well done game. It's in early access now, but I think in February it will be uh, final. They've been slowly kind of trickling out different builds of it and different uh, amounts of content. They started off with just the first chapter and released a few chapters subsequently. Uh, I don't think we've even gotten out of the first chapter yet. You have six hours played, I have 14 hours played. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots of content, nice maps to explore. It's a really really well done game. I do recommend Grim Dawn.
0: Yep, and it's just and i like that i managed to completely miss something at the start which was a cellar that went down <laughs> i like that the cellars that go down actually go further down into these tunnels and it's just a whole other uh, level to explore
1: yeah some of the areas are big open areas and some of them are like tight claustrophobic mazes um no nah, whatever it's an action rpg you know the score
0: mhm it's fun i don't i don't know why it's you're right i don't know why it's fun it just is
1: yeah I'm pretty good at articulating why I like a game or I don't, but as an RPG, I just don't know.
0: Yeah, same here. You, you, you heard me say why well, I didn't like one b- thing, but I love this other thing. Mm-hmm. Then I, oh, what else have we played? Oh yes, Sims Four and with this new expansion. Oh uh, man, get together.
1: We've spent like the last two days just binging on Sims Four. Mm-hmm. I didn't like. I, I like Sims Four, okay. I love Sims Two, and I love Sims Three the most. Yeah. Jeez, birds.
0: Ah, uh, go find your friend.
1: <laughs> but uh, Sims 4, I only liked and didn't love. But with this latest expansion pack, I love it. hmm So, the big difference between Sims 4 and the other Sims, every Sims kind of has uh, something new about it. Yeah. Uh, Sims 2, you could age and have children yep. and die of old age. Yep,
0: which was fun. It or, was. And it had creative deaths, too. Although not as creative as some of the deaths in uh, Sims 4. I mean... Dying of hysteria, you know, from laughing too much.
1: Yeah, well, let's get there. Sims, what was the difference with Sims Three? Sims Uh, Three, completely
0: open world. Oh, of course, yes. Which is something they got rid of. Had a loading screen where if you went to the future. Or you traveled to one of the
1: another yeah another location,
0: map. or you went to the university.
1: Yeah, that's right. Sims 3, you could you could zoom out and zoom into any other place in the city and see it in real time, <laughs> which was incredible. No loading screens between areas.
0: Yeah, that was amazing.
1: And they took that out in Sims 4 because it caused a lot of problems in Sims 3.
0: Yeah, they clearly learned from that, and yet it still Shame. feels like an open world.
1: Well, a lot less to me.
0: A lot less, but it still doesn't feel that. Uh, it still doesn't feel as claustrophobic as Sims Two did.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't miss it as much as I thought I did, anyway. But Sims Three's open world was amazing.
0: It was amazing, but this one. But at least with this one, you don't feel that lag.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. The performance is very, very good. Mm-hmm. So Sims Four, what's new about it is uh, emotions. You have you have emotions about the situation that you're in, and they can kind of change on a whim, sort of schizophrenic, but. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, I never really liked it that much Um, in your your um, you uh, you have something called whims, which are uh, little uh, individual incremental tasks that you want to do. So if you're in a certain mood, if you're happy, then you might want to do happy things like send a happy text message to your friend or to compliment someone hug somebody. Yeah. Things that a happy person would do. And if your mood changes all of a sudden before you finish doing the thing that you're trying to do to, to complete your whim, then, then the whim sometimes disappears, which that's what frustrated me. Your, your emotions change, kind of without warning sometimes. Um, so I liked it, but I didn't love it. But the latest expansion is called Get Together, and it allows you to form clubs. My my least favorite thing in all the Sims game really has been social interactions. I like to play the yeah, loner character.
0: Yeah, because you start interacting with someone and they're like, I gotta go now.
1: Yeah, well they they have their own motivations and their own needs and stuff. That's right. They kinda they have their own schedules and I mean it's realistic, but it gets in the way of your own progress. You have to if you wanted to go on a date with a with someone or if you wanted to hang out with someone, they, they might say, Sorry, I have to work in two hours, I'm not going. But now in this one, they sort of grease the wheels a bit, and they everyone kind of operates on your schedule. So I appreciate that a little more from a gameplay aspect. From a simulation aspect, it's inferior, but from a gameplay aspect, it's superior. Exactly. So with these clubs, you can make a club or join a club, um, and a club can have different themes. Like it could be for people who like to cook, or it can be for people who are rich, or for people who are only children, or you can combine some of these things. Mm-hmm. So you can say what. Who is eligible, what are the minimum requirements, and what activities do they partake in? And then you can have benefits. Like if it's a cooking club and you cook while you're with these people, then your cooking increases more quickly or it's of higher quality or both. Yep. Or like I made a conversation club because one thing you have to do is to increase your uh, – uh, what's it called? You're talking? Charisma. Your charisma. Thank you. <laughs> you have to increase your charisma. So you do that by talking to people a lot and by making friends. So I made a charisma club where talking to each other uh, gives you progress in the club and it in, incre- increases your uh, your ability to talk to people more quickly when you're talking uh, in the presence of your club members.
0: Mm-hmm. I made a uh, club just for kids because I wanted my, because my, well, oh, my household had three children in it and they needed uh, to develop their social skills. And I figured having a club where you just hang out and talk to people, is a, one, is a good thing. And then I also threw in uh, swimming, which increased their motor skills as well.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, each club has a leader. If you join another club, then they are, they have a leader, and you can have a little coup and uh, unseat them, and you can become the leader. Or you can create your own club and invite whoever you want, assuming they meet the requirements. Yeah. Um, so And so it's actually made socialization fun. It's, it gives you an excuse to... Make friends and to be productive. You don't – I guess what I didn't like about being social before was that uh, sociability was a skill and you have to neglect other skills in order to improve any one skill. So you can multitask in Sims 4, which is really cool. You can talk while you're eating or you can exercise while you're watching television and uh, watching a cooking show. Or you can shit
0: while you use your cell phone.
1: Yeah, that's right. You can poop using your phone. Cool. I've
0: had Sims eating and sitting on the toilet the same yeah,
1: time. Yeah, I did that too. That was pretty good. I, my, my Sim just quit her job while taking a poop.
0: <laughs> that was fun.
1: That was fun. Um, so, of course, another thing that I like a lot about uh, this expansion pack is that they have DJs. You can be a DJ. Um, it's a skill that you can skill up from, from 0 to 10. And uh, the best kind of DJ... Uh, You can play for tips and you can make your own songs and collect royalties on the songs. And it's not a very profitable, uh, it's not a career. It's not something where you go every day. You can DJ wherever you want, whenever you want, and play for tips, basically. And people will pay you if they uh, like what you're playing. There's a bunch of different musical genres, I think 10 or so. And you can, I I think it's arbitrary. It doesn't matter which one you play. It's just a nice thing to get some variety. Um, And the music is actually good. I like the music a lot.
0: Yeah, it Um, seems that the music is just remixed versions of the original soundtrack for the game.
1: Yeah, a lot of it is. They play a lot of remixed versions of uh, songs that have been in all of The Sims, like the original music for the different Sims games. So I appreciate that a lot because The Sims has always had incredibly good music. I I haven't looked on uh, Google Play Music, but on Spotify, you can listen to almost all The Sims soundtracks. And I very much recommend it, especially if it's uh, while you're working or something. It's really good working music. Mm Mm-hmm. So they had DJs in the previous Sims games as well. Um
0: But not but it wasn't that
1: too much, but it's
0: Sims two, it was big. Sims three was just sort it was just back it was just background details. It wasn't even note, noteworthy.
1: I guess so. But they had bars and nightclubs and uh coffee houses and stuff in this one too as social venues. And there's different things you could do with those places. Mm-hmm. So that's kinda cool. So I
0: and a new neighborhood, which is nice.
1: Yeah, that is nice. There aren't enough neighborhoods in this game.
0: Yep. I find I have. Uh, Finally, I have I already filled up almost all my neighborhood. The only thing that's left that remains unfilled are all the expensive houses. All the uh, cheap houses are filled with my various.
1: Uh, <laughs> so your <it'll>, offspring?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and my extensive family tree.
1: Yeah. You want to talk about your ridiculous. It's a family bush. It's not a tree. It's a very wide family tree there's been a lot of uh, procreation in this family so much that you kick them out of the house and they're like here live elsewhere
0: hey at least they have a house unlike in previous games when I just kicked them out and left them live on the street
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a sign you're having too many kids
0: no I kicked out the adults with their I kicked out adults with their with their family it was a separate family no it was, it was a, a mother and, a, a, and then another mother with her husband and their children so I kicked out that family and moved them into a different house Oh. It wasn't like I kicked out my own children. Jeez. My my children still live at home. i would <laughs> artificially age them up to boot them out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we figured out how, but speaking of uh, families, finally, uh, norm, at this point, I'm still wondering why mine haven't died yet. I have so many old sims that they haven't died. I have great, great, I have great grandchildren and the uh, head of the, and the, uh, the, the first generation hasn't died yet.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you're how many generations deep now? Four. Uh Uh-huh. Well, does it still do the thing where if you're not playing a house actively, then they never die? No. No? They die now? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, neat. Yeah, you're right. That's right. They do do that. Because that was a flaw with Sims 2, (laughs) where if you weren't playing a character, then they never age. So you could... Basically, have you? You had like a dozen generations or so, and you waited until they were old, basically, and then you never played them again. So you had twelve generations of old people still alive throughout the city.
0: Yeah, and then I had multiple generations of uh, eligible for marriage, and then I would just go and pluck one. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had someone in generation two, and someone someone in generation like seven go pluck from generation two.
1: Yuck! <laughs> so it's like super incest nepotism. Yep. Nice.
0: And apparently my fi- the game doesn't recognize that one of my Sims' cu- second cousin doesn't recognize a second cousin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It recognizes cousins, but not second cousins.
1: Oh, yeah. So, oh, well. Uh, that's Sims anyway. Yeah. It's on sale now, too. I don't know for how much longer. But Sims 4, it's it's just gorgeous. It's really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's cheap. It's like 15 bucks right now or something. I totally recommend it uh sims 3 as well i think is like six bucks on the steam sale Mm -hmm. right now for six bucks you really can't go wrong it's just awesome how much depth there is to it and you click something and there's so many things you can do with it i totally recommend if you're into open worlds and simulations sims is just like astonishing i totally recommend trying it even if you don't think you'd like it
0: Mm -hmm. yep go for it it's fun
1: sure and check out our episode about the sims Mm -hmm. uh, in square waves fm
0: Uh, episode or episodes.
1: Episodes, wasn't it?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, uh, what's next?
0: Um, what else is on our list? Oh, yeah, we've, uh... There's a couple of free games we've been playing. Adventure Capitalist is one of them because they had their, uh, winter or Christmas event. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and one that we played a while back but haven't touched in ages, Time Clickers. Mm -hmm. Just another, uh, Clicker game, but this one is interesting because it's free, but there are no ads in it. And it's just really well done. It's got achievements and it's fun. it's
1: fun. Oh, what's interesting about Time Clickers that we just found out is that there is a piece, there's a Steam game, there's a web based game, and there's a, a smartphone app for iPhone and Android. And it has cloud saves. So you can actually uh, continue playing the game on all those different platforms you have like a consistent profile Mm -hmm. so it's a clicker game where you have like incremental upgrades and resets and you're a little more powerful with each upgrade and there's upgrade trees and points to spend and stuff um, all the clickers are basically the same thing really but uh yeah it's a pretty good one
0: with this one what's interesting is the achievements are actually worth getting since each achievement comes with a a dps increase for your team Mm -hmm. i got um Usually it's five percent DPS increase, but I actually got a fifteen percent with one of my achievements, which was really nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it's it's fine. It's uh, it's mindless, but it's like it's like a bonsai tree that you take care of a little bit each day, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go through my whole list. Um, what else we got?
0: Well, I have. Um I have, my, I have uh, two games that are worth mentioning. Okay, go for it. Uh, let's see. There's. I decided to finally play Portal again.
1: Well, had, not for long. Did yeah, you? I'll finish. Oh, you will? Yeah. I hope so. You never finished Portal 1. I like it better than Portal 2.
0: I did finish Portal 2, <laughs> which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Portal 1, I half played it, got irritated because I couldn't figure out this, these puzzles. I quit. So I'm back. I'm uh, getting through Portal 1 pretty fine right now. I saved because I had to go do something, and I just hadn't picked it up since, but I plan on going back to it. It's a good game, and I got it when it was free, so as far as I'm concerned, the price was right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and in the theme of walking simulators, there's Dream.
1: Oh, yeah. Which one was this?
0: Uh, this was one of the games I uh, got pre-Steam pre, pre- uh, Steam Christmas sale. It was a gift, actually. This is an interesting one. Your your guy starts off in this house that he's inherited, you don't really know much about what's going on. But uh, you go, you wake up, and you you realize you've been asleep on the couch, and you gotta go to bed. So you go to you you go upstairs, you go to sleep, and you find yourself in this sort of weird place. You're walking around. Eventually, you come to this uh, central command with these computers and after you turn everything on you realize there are four tunnels with light that you have to go clear and it turns out that these dreams all represent something and that you've been trying to find yourself in these dreams because when you wake up the house suddenly is, and you go to look in the bathroom. There's suddenly blood everywhere, and there's a zombie's voice telling you that you're not going to amount to anything, and you're worthless, and that you shouldn't, and that you're wasting your time by trying to discover yourself through your dreams. So I got to go back. I've already finished the first chapter, which was trying, which was to uh, clear these four tunnels of lights. Um, by by passing through the light, I turned it off. But I had to do it in such a way that I avoided the wave of darkness that would crash onto me, which represented, I believe, indecisiveness or my or the stagnation point in my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so by avoiding it and then shutting off all the lights, I was able to uh, eventually take control of center, of the command center and progress in my dream.
1: Yeah, that probably took you a long time, it seemed. Mm-hmm. Oh, phone. I think it's out.
0: Uh, sorry for the uh, sudden ringing phone. That was just uh, a my father calling to inquire as to the, what uh, spy remo- spyware removal program I use. And it was uh, Malwarebytes because he had a friend who needed something similar to that and they were just throwing it on the uh, friend's laptop.
1: And fathers are like magnets for spyware. At least that's my experience between our fathers.
0: Yeah, well, he, he's my better now that he has uh, malware bites and he knows how to run it. And so he's actually come up clean a few times now.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Hmm. Um, so, yeah.
0: Dream. Fun. Walking sim. <laughs> but watch out for the walls of darkness. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Ooh, what about Undertale?
1: Oh, yeah. I should talk about Undertale. I haven't finished it yet. Um, Undertale. Pretty popular game so far. It's got, like, that, like, old CGA kind of art style. It is, I guess it's an RPG. It's sort of like an old school, um, uh, yeah, it's sort of like an old school, like, Dragon Warrior style RPG in some ways with, like, lots of story. Very whimsical and cute and uh, lighthearted. It's the uh, most unique thing so far. I don't know if it's just the way I'm playing it or if you're forced to do it, but Instead of combat, you convince monsters not to fight with you and you spare them, quote unquote. So it's really, really funny that every encounter that I have, you sort of solve a puzzle to find out how you placate a monster. You really need to click that during the show. (laughs) Um, You really, sorry, she's playing time clickers and she's time clicking away.
0: (laughs) Hey, I'm listening to you talk and I mean Yes, able to I know,
1: ask- and they're listening to you click. <laughs> you can put off the clicking for now, please. Um so yeah, yeah, you solve like a a puzzle which basically tells you how which basically allows you to avoid combat with every monster. So at the end of every fight, I gain sometimes some money and zero experience points. I'm still level okay. one. Um I don't know whether you can play with you defeating everyone in combat or not, but it would be a good uh, a good reason for me to play it again, which I intend to. I'm laughing out loud a lot. It's very good-natured and cute, and it's genuinely funny in many, many places. Really, really, really good It's one. weird. It's very weird, and the soundtrack is phenomenally good. I was hoping to rip the soundtrack from the uh, game files, but the whole game is just one EXE file. The soundtrack is like 10 bucks. It's the same price as the game. And it's not on Google Music. I don't know if it's on Spotify. So I'd love to get the soundtrack. I don't know if I'll get it for 10 bucks, but I might because it's very, very good. Play Undertale, especially if you're into retro kind of games. It's not a retro game, but it's retro style. Very well written. So funny. So cute. It's really unique and a lot of fun. I'm having a wonderful time with it. I'm four hours in. I don't know if I'm almost done, but I must. I'm, I'm sure I must be. I intend to finish it. Uh, I don't really want to talk about any other games on my list. Do you have any others that you want to talk about? Eh,
0: I don't care if I talk about those games.
1: Um, do you want to, before we adjourn, do you want to quickly talk about things that we watched perhaps on this vacation? Sure. We're, we've been watching, uh, we've been watching X-Files. Mm-hmm. We're on the second season now. I, fin- I We we watched the first season. I really didn't think very much of it at all. I thought the show must be crappy, but uh, now that there's kind of an overarching uh, the subplot it's a little bit more engaging now yep. it's still monster of the week so far but
0: true it's still monster of the week but uh, there is a, but there is conne- but it's still connected I guess the, fir- the first season seemed to be more about establishing the basis for the entire show which is that these are X-Files and
1: I, I guess so. what the
0: X-Files were about
1: it was like Scooby Doo to me basically yeah so it's, it, I, I almost wish that I skipped the first season but so far so good so we'll keep watching that for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's see. In terms of movies, we watched anything remarkable?
1: We watched a very good movie last night.
0: Yeah, The Quiet American. The Quiet
1: American with uh, Brendan
0: Fraser. Brendan Fraser,
1: Gary Oldman about the Vietnam War. That was really really good. Yep,
0: so it's it was actually not about the American part of it, but the uh, French participation, which occurred in nineteen fifty two, with the French with the French eventually withdrawing in nineteen fifty four. mm Hmm. Around the same, It was around the same time that the Korean War
1: was occurring. Yeah, I'm not much of a historian, so that was an interesting tidbit for me. Uh, does Netflix tell you a list of the stuff that you've watched? Yeah. You just... We Oh, we watched Mr. Holmes. Yeah,
0: that was pretty interesting.
1: I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. It was good. That's um, about uh, Sherlock Holmes kind of after his retirement and Sherlock Holmes as an old man. It was a very touching, nice story. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated and enjoyed how they were talking about um, uh, Dr. Watson's embellishments of his exploits.
0: Yeah, and his I fictionalized don't smoke aspects. Pipe. I just want the cigar.
1: Yeah, that's right. That that was very cute. I liked that a lot. Oh, viewing activity. This sounds promising. There we go. What can we talk about? Oh, the Knights of Bad assdom That was really stupid. Oh, it's so stupid. It was about LARPers who uh, have to fight a real monster. It was cute
0: because one of the stupid libraries uses his book to sell in a real monster. That's right. And it happened to look like one dude's ex, a dude's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And instead, of, and but the ex-girlfriend, well, she
1: spit. Yes. That's all you need to know. There were some laughs. It was really idiotic, but if you're in an idiotic mood, mood, yeah. then I guess it would be appropriate. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we watched. Oh, we watched a Netflix exclusive series for the first time. F is for Family, which is some animated show. It's just yeah. real foul-mouthed. It takes place in the 1970s. Yeah. It's basically another Family Guy, I suppose.
0: It's Family Guy, but... Uh,
1: a little more grounded in mm-hmm. reality.
0: Yeah. It's no, uh, kind of interesting. No uh, comp- no useless non-sequiturs.
1: Yeah. Which was yeah, done. no flashbacks or anything like that. Or really, Not really. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty foul-mouthed and... And sexual and stuff like that, but uh, I'll give it a chance. Yep. And I don't I, know. I can't think of much else.
0: Yeah, me neither.
1: Are we done for the day? I think we're done. All right. So. I don't want to. I don't want to waste our listeners' time. And yep. I'm. I'm happy that we've uh, kept this down to a decent podcast length. Yep. So. So
0: let's uh, sign off now, shall we?
1: OK, let's sign off. Happy New Year, everybody. We yeah. love you to pieces. We really appreciate you listening to us. We are looking forward to another year and another season of the show. And we'd love to hear from you, as always. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you'd like to reach us, you can reach us on the web, squarefm.demodulated.com, by email, squarefm at demodulated.com, or on Twitter, at squarewavesfm. So feel free to send us any show ideas or any ideas that you know pop into your head that you just want to mention to us.
1: Yeah, let us know how your how your holidays were, how your new year was. How did you what what did you do when the odometer rolled over?
0: Mhm. We did nothing.
1: Yeah, what did you did you buy anything good in the Steam sale or uh if you did you get any fun tech gadgets or anything? We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to chat about it.
0: Yep, and if you uh and if you've been catching up on previous shows, feel free to send us your thoughts and uh, feelings about those as well. hmm So welcome to season two, and hopefully we can keep the rest of the uh, season at uh, a reasonable time length. Hopefully.
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> I forget if it was on the air or if it was just before when we were talking to Francisco and Jess. Uh, <laughs> I think it was just before we went on the air. I think Jess was uh, – reasonably uh, expressing some trepidation about our three hour length of our show every friggin' week. Yeah. And so I told her very honestly that we never planned for the show to be three hours. It just kind of happened 45 times in a row.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's and honestly true. Yes, it did. And I think this is where we cut it off now. So yes, have a good weekend. And, uh, Hopefully we uh, hear something from you guys. And uh, if we want to be a guest and you have an idea, just let us know and we'll uh, see about accommodating you.
1: Absolutely. Hopefully we have a couple of special guests lined up for next week. Yeah. Okay. Happy New Year, guys. Love you to pieces. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.